0: We thank you for the songs that have been sung. We thank you for the prayers that have been prayed. We thank you for the opportunity to worship you in giving. And now, as we look into your word, we ask that it will fall upon the good soil of our hearts that we will grow thereby. And so, Father, we just want to honor you this day and thank you for being here with us and just loving us so much. We thank you for all these things in your son Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 We are into the third and final episode of our series entitled, The Fruit of the Spirit. And as we close out this series, I cannot think of a better fruit or point to bring out than the one that we're going to be talking about today. So my opening statement for today is this. Joy is found when we are near to God and looking for it. Y'all might want to hear that one one more time. Joy is found when we are near to God and looking for it. What's that? Oh, the person in the back row said one more time. Joy is found when we are near to God and looking for it. And so, as you can tell, that we are going to be talking about this, that specific aspect today. And if you remember, in episode one, we talked about the imperfect path, that we are imperfect beings that are being molded and shaped by the Spirit of God to produce these fruits. And we talked about how we had to ensure that we're plugged into the right root system in order to produce the right fruit. Y'all remember that? That's when we start talking about lemons and apples and all that. Yes, yes okay, okay. And then last week, we talked about, to me, one of the most wonderful things about being in God, which is... And that was called peace be with you. Mm -hmm. Peace will be with you when you take your mind and you place it on thinking about God. And because you trust in him, he will give you a peace that passes all understanding. You won't even understand. I don't know why I'm not trying to tear the walls down, but I just feel that God's got this under control. So I ain't even got to get upset about it because that's what perfect peace will do for us. And let's cap this off with today. Today, we're going to be talking about, the subtitle is, Undeserved Joy. Undeserved Joy. And so we're going to jump into that, and uh, I forgot to start my timer, so we're going to go extra long. All right, bless the Lord. Well, I felt, I felt a resistance. But anyway, so fruit, our first definition, is, a, is production, that which is produced. Spirit is the third person in the Trinity. Undeserved means it's not deserved. It's not merited. Joy, joy is a delight of the mind. From the consideration of the present or assured approaching possession of a good, you can say thing, good event. But the thing is, it's something that is a delight in the mind that also affects the spirit, that also affects the body. Now, another word that we kind of try to make them synonymous, but they're not, is happiness. Happiness. Happiness is the agreeable sensations which spring from the enjoyment of good. That state of a being in which his desires are gratified by the enjoyment of pleasure without pain. That's happiness. Pull out your pencils and your paper, because we got a bunch of scriptures again today. Our base scriptures coming from Galatians, the fifth chapter. Verses 22 and 23. And it says in the English Standard Version, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, and faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. Let's jump over to Psalms 51, starting at verse number 10. Psalm 51, starting at verse number 10. Again, in the English Standard Version, it says this. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from your presence, and take not your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation, and uphold me with a willing spirit. Then I will teach transgressors your ways, and sinners will return to you. Deliver me from blood guiltiness, O God, O God of my salvation, and my tongue will sing aloud of your righteousness. Let's jump over to Romans, the 15th chapter, and the 13th verse. Guess what version I'm in? English Standard Version. Paul, as he's finishing out the book of Romans, says this, verse number 13. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, so that by the power of the Holy Spirit you may abound in hope. Mm -hmm. I got to say that one more time just for myself. feels so good. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. There's so many layers to that, but we got to go on to the next one. The next one is 1 Thessalonians, the 5th chapter. I I, should have stopped at the 16th, but I got happy, so I did the rest of them. All right. (laughs) Verse 14 to 18, it says, And we urge you, brothers, admonish the idle, encourage the faint-hearted, help the weak, be patient with them all. See that no one repays anyone evil for evil, but always seek to do good to one another and to everyone. Then it says, rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Father, we thank you for your word. We ask that it will fall upon the good soul of our heart. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Let's, let's jump into this, talking a, bit, a little bit about joy. Let's talk about this joy. One of my favorite uh, authors who talks about spiritual disciplines, his name is Dallas Willard. Dallas Willard is known for spiritual disciplines. That's, that was what he would talk about, and he would talk about it, and when he got tired, he'd talk about it even more. This is just how, you know how some people have these their areas that they, this is what Dallas Willard talked about. And he talks about, he divines joy as a pervasive, which means something that's spreading widely throughout an area. That means it touches everything and established sense of well-being. If you hear that you didn't you didn't if you notice he ain't say nothing about feelings, right? He says it's a pervasive and established sense of well-being. So let's look at what the word joy is all about. We're going to have to do a little grammar today because as I was getting this prepared, it clicked to me, and I, wanna, I wanna just want to express it to you something that came to my mind. So, the Greek word for joy is kara, C H A R A, kara. And it is defined as cheerfulness, calm delight, gladness, and being exceedingly joyful, kala. C-H-A-R-A. Y'all got that? Mm -hmm. Cut. It is a noun. What is a noun? Oh, see, everybody know that one. Noun is a person, place, or thing. So joy is a person. I know some people named joy. Mm -hmm. A place. There's some cities called joy. Or a thing. And that's what we're talking about. It is this thing, this this tangible thing that we can rest in as a place for us to be in. And we can find joy in it. You can find joy in joy. You can enjoy joy in joy. Hey! Joy, joy. Yes, we can do this. Joy, joy, joy. Bakara, a noun, joy. A similar word to this, I'm going to say the word and then I'm going to see if, 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 y'all, if y'all remember me from talking about this long, long time ago, so you may not. The next word that I want to emphasize is the word caris. Caris, C H A R I S. Caris, C H A R I S. Y'all know what that word means? That word means grace. So you have kara, karis. One is joy, the other one is grace. And we know what grace means grace means unmerited. Favor, y'all, y'all. If y'all in the car, if y'all enroll with me for a while, y'all know where we're going. So, can you see that there's a close relationship between the joy and the grace, or the caris and the kala? That's because joy is found in y'all. Not with me, grace. Joy is found in grace. grace. Uh So, joy is in grace. When we are walking in the unmerited favor of God, we can be walking simultaneously in what? Joy. Joy. We can be, when we're in the unmerited favor of God, when we are in grace, We are in the same place where joy resides, dwells. I heard some other things, but if we can understand that there's not not like all these doors, but God kind of interconnects all these things together so that when you establish in one area, it extends to all areas. When you walk in joy, you find out that you're getting this unmerited favor, so then you're walking in grace, which means that I can be in peace, That means I can be in love. Why? Because it's all, remember what we talked about, it's the same root system that is providing us with this very thing. So, as a mature believer, we, 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 sh- we sometimes have to remind ourselves that every day that I'm walking in God's unmerited favor. There's nothing I can do today to make God love me anymore. There's nothing I cannot do that will make him love me less. God just love me. We try to say that we love unconditionally, but we always have a condition. God doesn't have none. Thank you, Lord. Lemonade, none. None. No. Somebody even said Spanish. Nada. So we can all hear and walk in this unmerited favor. That's why the title of this is Undeserved Joy. Why? Because it's intermingled with the grace. You don't deserve, you don't deserve to be walking in joy because you have so many things going on in your life, so many adverse things happening to you, so many things that are trying to push you down. But yet, when you think about God's grace, you get excited because in Him, I live, I move, I have my existence, and there's nothing that can move me as long as I'm resting in His grace, which then gives me joy. And as I... Walking this joy, I feel his grace. And his grace leads me and guides me. His joy energizes me. Why? Because Nehemiah said the joy of the Lord is our strength, it's our empowerment. It is what gives us the desire to go on and move on. So it's very easy for us that have been walking in the way for a while to forget the magnitude that each one of these pro- uh, byproducts of being tied into Jesus can provide for us and how they are all interconnected. If you remember when we first started, I, I, I brought up the fact that this is not a bunch of different fruits on the tree, it's one fruit, but it has all these different flavors. It has all these different textures. It has all these things wrapped into it because of grace. So it should cause us to realize that our salvation is something significant. If you remember in Psalms 51, David said, return to me the joy Of your salvation, not my salvation, of your going to the cross, dying for me, and you now bringing me into your kingdom. Sometimes we forget where we came from, and we try to make everybody think that we've always been on the side of salvation, but I'm going to call liar, liar, pants on fire. <laughs> because everybody in this room ain't been saved the entire life. Everybody in this, no, nobody in this room been saved since they've been born. Amen. Now you may have been sitting in church in your mother's womb. And you may have been sitting in church next to your mother, your grandmother, your grandfather, whoever you were sitting next to. But being in the church don't make you a Christian. Like I heard somebody say, just like standing in the garage, don't make you a car. <laughs> just because you're in a location does not make what you are. There is a process that you have to go through. And the access to that process is based upon the caris, which is the grace. <laughs> so when we look at how this operates, I got another grammar thing that I want us to go through. So if we know that joy is a noun, which we have already decided through unanimous uh, vote that it is a person, place, or thing, then that means that we need to have another word in order to get it to have action. So the verb of joy. Anybody know what that is? I'll tell you in a minute if you don't know. I'm going to tell you anyhow. It's rejoice. Rejoice is the verb of joy. Now, the way we done messed up grammar today, folks would say, all you got to do is add an ing, and then it's a verb. I'm joying. No, that's not how it works. (laughs) I am rejoicing. Rejoicing means there's some action that I'm participating in because I am now in this place of joy. I can now exalt or I can now add verbiage to what it is or the place that I am standing in. That is why we heard Paul say that we should be what? Rejoicing always. He didn't say joy always. Why? Because joy is just a place. Rejoicing is something that we do. It's an action. When we're talking about what God is doing for us and we talk about it with joy, there's some excitement in our speech. When we... Rejoice unto the Lord. We are bringing up what God has done and we are celebrating what God is doing. Why? Because of the grace that he has given to us. The grace causes us to understand that joy is in and can be found in grace. So what we want to mentally do, what we want to think about how we're going to do this is if we know that Jesus is the root system by which we are manifesting these fruits of the Spirit, then we should be thinking about how am I reflecting Jesus to people that I meet? But it also means that we can find joy in all things because Jesus is our source of joy. In every circumstance, give thanks because this is the will of God concerning you. Where is it? In Christ Jesus. In Jesus, we can walk in the power of who we are and we can find joy in the smallest of things. We can find joy in the fact that when we got up this morning that my back only hurt for 30 seconds instead of the usual minute. We can say that even in the mundane things we can find joy that the the door opened when I turned the knob and the knob didn't just come off in my hand. <laughs> that when I walked outside, I had sense enough to know it was cold because I can feel the air on my skin. That's true. It's the simple things. I I got joy that I can know that I am walking. I can have joy that I know that it's daylight. There's people that cannot see, that do not even know what time of the day it is unless they check their watch. But the simple things we can find joy in. We can find joy in the fact that all the bees are still hibernating, but as spring comes, they're going to come out and they're going to start pollinating our areas and s- causing plants to grow. But some of us are running to a brick wall trying to run away from a bee that ain't even thinking about us. Yeah. Yes, he is. The bee just trying to do his thing and pollinate. If we running in the walls trying to run from the bee, you don't smell like no pollinated bee don't want you. I ain't making fun of nobody. I'm just making observations. But sometimes we we look for these big, grandiose things to happen, but just the simple things. There used to be a claymation, I can't remember which one it was, Uh, but the song was, put one foot in front of the other and soon you'll be walking out the door. Put one foot in front of the other, and you'll be walking across the floor. Just the simple fact that you can walk and put one foot in front of the other, we should be excited and be rejoicing about because we can do those things. And so then, this is check this out how this happens. You're in the middle of something going on. And you say, I'm in a place of joy, even though all this craziness is going on. And you start rejoicing in the God of your salvation. And then the next thing you know, the thing that thought it was overcoming you feels like it's being overcome. Why? Because greater is he that is in you, Jesus, who is the hope of glory, than he that is in the world. And so we should always look for opportunity to exercise our joy muscle. Some of us are very good at exercising our jaw muscle, but let's put some joy in that muscle so that it can become just as strong as your jaw muscle. Look straight ahead. Nobody knows if I'm talking about you or not. And this is the way that we can operate and move in such a way that joy becomes a daily part of our lives. Yeah. Even for folks that are melancholy, that always see the glass half empty, when, they, when joy starts getting on them, they start acting funny because they, they try to look at the negative, but joy overshadows the negative, and they say, well, at least God is good. Yes, is. At least God is good. And we know the more we exercise a muscle, the more that muscle's going to grow. Now, this gets to my last little point that I want to bring out for us today. A lot of us have resignated or have rested in the fact that I just want to be happy. I'm not cracking on the song, I'm just saying. I just want to be happy. But happiness is based upon what is happening at the present moment. So happiness is only for that present moment. But joy, because it is based upon grace, grace, which is based upon unconditional love, means it's always there. We just got to recognize it. And so joy is, 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 is a sustaining mindset that happiness can never be. Because now listen, you know, you you woke up late, you got to work late, you're behind on stuff, all that stuff can make you unhappy. But when you have hope in Jesus, you say, and I'm hoping in Jesus that God's going to, because he's given me this grace to uh, this uh, undeserved favor that nobody's going to be mad at me that everything's going to work out and you change your perception of how this is going to turn out. And most of the time, guess what? It turns out better than what you expected. Why? Because you had an attitude that rested in joy instead of just happiness. I'm trying to help you. Because a lot of us just say, well, this is what it looked like, so you turn into Eeyore. Eeyore. Oh me, oh my. But I'm trying to tell you, if you look at the situation and say, where am I standing? I'm standing in the midst of this, but where am I really standing? I'm standing in the grace, the unmerited favor that God has given towards me. As I'm standing in this unmerited favor, that means I can be excited, I can be joyful. Why? Because that's how God does business. God changes your environment by how you bring him into it. Y'all might catch that one tomorrow. God changes your environment by how you invite him into it. (laughs) There are people who seem to have have the ability to find joy in everything. And to a person that is not... uh, of that same mindset, they can become an irritant. Why are you always, always saying something optimistic? Why are you always? Always. Even my tire, well, it could have been two tires. What, what, you know what I'm saying. You, oh. But if we can grab a little bit of of that mentality of I am going to look at this as a situation or environment by which God is going to mature something in me or have me interacting with a person so that he can be shown strong for that person or for myself. (laughs) If we can get that idea that God's using this so that he can get glory and that he can make it good for you, wouldn't that change how you thought about it, then? Yeah. Well, I guess the tire, gonna, tire place is going to give me a discount because I blew this tire. And you walk up in there, and you got this good old attitude, and God has already touched the person's heart and says, you know what? That tire was still under warranty. All we need you to do is pay, for, uh, pay $13 for the road hazard uh, uh, insurance. The reason I know that, because that's what happened. Because I <laughs> walked up in there and I was just like, man, shoot. And then he said, oh, no, Ms. Penny, that's still under warranty. Yes, it is. Yeah, yes, yeah. it is under warranty. A- uh-huh. Yeah. Any other, other tires you want to change out for free? <laughs> I'll take that too. <laughs> now let's look, at, let's, 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 let's look at this, and then I think I'm going to stop. David in Psalms 51. I know somebody was like, how are you going to talk about joy in Psalms 51? Because because what David realized, he said, I I, 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 I did the baddest of the baddest. I, 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 I committed adultery. I murdered somebody on purpose. And then I tried to cover it up. Lying. I did all this. But he said, restore in me a clean heart and renew a right spirit within. He knew that God was his source. He knew that God had grace for him. Even in the Old Testament, God had grace for David. And he said that, don't take your presence from me. I know I messed up, but I can find joy in your salvation. The salvation that you provide to will provide me with the joy that I need to continue on. And then he doesn't say it's for me it's so that I can show transgressors your way. That it will remove the blood guiltness from me that I can be one. This is what I want to say. And my tongue, in verse number 14, and my tongue will sing aloud of your righteousness. You did all this for me, and I just want to tell somebody yes. here's my last little example I want to lay on the table for you i have had I have actually had the opportunity to be uh, in the labor and delivery room uh, more than once <coughs> excuse me and to watch whether it was a cesarean or whether it was a natural birth, to watch that woman go through that situation made me appreciate being a man more and more. (laughs) But the one thing that I, I was kind of upset about is when they bring the baby out, and they present the baby to the mother. And you can see the the frustration, you can see the the work, you can see all the pain that she went through, but when she sees that child, you see her eyes light up, you see a half-hearted grin because she's so tired. But you can see the joy of the connection that a child and a mother has. Now, I would like to get that joy, but I want to go through what they went through to get to that joy. But it is something to see in that traumatic moment of bringing life into the earth, that the mother, whether she, like I said, going through a cesarean and she's just waiting and, and just saying, is everything okay? The mother that is pushing and pushing and pushing and, and they're saying it's, it's good and then they'll be resting right there and they won't have any, but when they see that baby, it's like they get this refreshment, this renewal, this empowerment That is done even though it's just beginning. We can have that in the midst of our painful situation. If we can look to the author and the finisher of our faith, it will bring a joy in us. If you remember in Hebrews, the 12th chapter, I believe it is, in the the second verse it says, For the joy that was set before Jesus, he endured the the, the, uh, persecution, he endured the cross, he endured the pain because the joy was being reconnected with the Father. We can have that same type of joy that's indescribable. Why? Because I can't explain to you unless you've been through it. I can't provide the right amount of words for you to understand it because it's something you have to experience. I just can't tell you about it. Because when you're in that place of joy and you are rejoicing, something just happens to the atmosphere all around you. And so as we have started off with our opening thought, our opening thought was joy is found when we are near to God and we're looking for it. A lot of us like to get close to God, but we don't look for the joy. We're sitting up there saying, Lord, you see that? Lord, you see that? Instead of celebrating that God's unmerited favor is in your life, so even in the midst of that craziness, you can be excited, because God's working something out, in this situation. So I want to leave you with this. That's my final thought. Spiritually mature Christians, believers, experience joy, when they remember, their salvation. Y'all remember how y'all first started? Some of us, remember more distinctly than others. The feeling, the rejoicing, everything about God moving in your life. Sometimes we need to go back to that environment and remember and ask God, return to me the joy of your salvation that I may recognize all that you've done for me. All that you've done for me. Amen? Amen. 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 So it's an undeserved joy. ain't nothing we can do in order to receive it. It is because of our positioning in Christ Jesus that we get it. Now, there's another thing that I need to point out, and then we're going to call it a day. That in order to be in the position to receive this joy, you have to have a relationship with Jesus Christ. This is something that is, uh, I'm trying to think of that word I'm trying to think of. I'm trying to think of the word I'm trying to think. What is the word I'm trying to think of? I can't think of the word. (sighs) But it's something that you, you can't get around. It's a, it, it, it's, you have to do this in order to receive the benefit of what it is that God has for you. So, in order for you to receive that benefit, the first thing that you need to do is that you need to accept Jesus in your life. The process is not a hard process. The Bible says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you shall be saved. For with the heart one believes and is justified, and with the heart with the mouth one confesses and is saved. And everyone that calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So it's a declaration that you make based upon the desire of changing your heart's focus. On, from the world onto the kingdom of heaven. Right. Now, making that decision, I don't want you to think that you're going to be left alone. Our saying here is that this is not an individual sport. This is, I mean, an individual event, but this is a team sport where we all come together and assist one another in going forward and learning more about who Christ is in our lives. Mm-hmm. So with that being said, if, Or when you have made this decision, we want you to contact us. You can email us at info at godshousecc.com or you can text us at 864-920-0100. Let us know. We will come alongside you no matter where you are on this earth. We will come alongside you and assist you along this journey. Let us know and we'll come alongside you. Well, friends and family, that's the closeout of our series, The Fruit of the Spirit, Undeserved Joy. Who would have thought that joy and grace were so closely related? Even in the Greek and the English and all them other languages, they are just so closely related. And so next week, When we come, or next time that we come together, we'll be starting a brand new series. Because we are in the Lenten season right now, it will probably be something about Lent. So, just to let you know. (laughs) All right? Well, until next time, God's blessings be upon you. In Jesus' name. Amen. (laughs)